Hey yo, welcome back to Beyond the Diamond. We are your hosts, Colby Rush and Hunter Broadman. Remember to follow us on Insta at Beyond the Diamond Podcast and Twitter at Beyond the Dia Pod. Let's get right into today's show. What's up, guys? It is the most wonderful time of the year. Happy College World Series Week. We're getting started tomorrow. Uh, NC State taking on Stanford at 2 o'clock. Arizona Vanderbilt at 7. And then Sunday, we got more action. Virginia, Tennessee at 2. And Mississippi State, Texas at 7. Colby, welcome to the best week of the year. Well, we can debate that, but I think it is. No, it's the best week of the year. We, I know we said earlier it was opening day, but yeah. this is definitely better. Nothing That's what like popped in my mind when I said we can debate this. But it's the opening day when I said that. I mean, I know the goal of this pod is to make everyone care about college baseball, which I think we were doing. So I don't see why this isn't the best day of the year. Yeah. I mean, been waiting for it all year. So this is what we play for. Well, these eight teams are very lucky to be here. Yeah. And they've all had completely different runs to get here, too. There's no, I mean, there is a clear cut, like top two top teams, but everyone's taking a different path. No one's taking the same path. And once again, we need to reiterate, we will not be seeing number one team in the country. That's crazy. Yeah, it still hasn't hit me completely, but I think the team that took them down is definitely a worthy opponent for Stanford and whoever else they face. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe rent out Kevin Copps to these teams. Can we do that? <laughs> Except for Vandy and Texas. They got enough pitching. Yeah, they, they don't need them. No. But let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, let's dive right in. All right, so well, we're going to call this bracket one, the Stanford-NC State uh, Vandy and Arizona bracket. So in bracket one, for the game one matchups, we have NC State-Stanford and Vanderbilt-Arizona. In the NC State-Stanford team, you see two teams with two of the most impressive wins uh, in the Super Regionals and two of the hottest teams entering postseason play. Um, NC State, they started the season one and eight, but you wouldn't know that from how they're playing now. They're, they're just on an absolute tear. Uh, Stanford, they were preseason. No one, they, I think they were picked last in the Pac-12. So they've definitely turned it around and uh, they just took down a mighty Texas Tech team. Yeah, I mean, I talked about plenty on the last show, but I could go on all day about how impressive that was, shutting out those bats in the 106-degree heat in Lubbock. So, yeah, my respect for Stanford is through the roof right now. Yeah. Um, speaking of those bats, um, NC State's got some bats, too, and they're going to face Stanford ace, Brendan Beck, who in his last time out went seven and a third, um, I think three hits and 13 Ks. So uh, it's going to be definitely a challenge for NC State. Yeah, this is the one area that does worry me about NC State because staff ace Reed Johnson, he gave up seven last time out and only went three innings against Arkansas. Granted, that is Arkansas, but their other pitchers were able to contain them. And if you remember, that's a game that Arkansas dropped 21 on NC State, the only game they lost in those supers. So I guess the good news is he only threw 76 pitches, so he's fresh and ready to get some revenge on the mound. So the Wolfpack will really need him to repeat his performance against Alabama or something along those tracks. He went eight and only gave up one run in the regionals. So if he can be even half as that good, they'll be in good shape, but definitely a concern with the way he threw the ball in Arkansas. Yeah, and a concern for sure, because he's going to have to go against the Stanford lineup that has a three-hole hitter, Brock Jones, um, on an absolute tear entering Omaha. Uh, in his most recent game against Texas Tech, he had three home runs, six RBIs, uh, and one of them was a grand slam. 
uh, he is the catalyst to that Sanford offense. And I think while Tim Tawa, the number two hitter, you know, started off both games, uh, I think he went yard in both actually. So he's, he's been starting off the scoring, but Jones is the one who's been running that offense. He's the, the anchor of that team. So I think for Stanford to have a great game, they're going to need Beck obviously to pitch like he has been all year, but they're going to need Jones to hit uh, NC state hard. Yeah. It's pretty experienced group in their lineup. Um, Most of them were there for their super regionals run in 2019, but obviously he is the guy everyone will have their eyes on with the way he played. Um, Tawan Robinson or other guys to definitely keep in mind. Um, but yeah, and then Alex Williams on the bump, what he threw in Lubbock as well, will be a big factor in game two. Um, that's what we're looking at for Stanford. Um, and then NC State, the biggest name that stands out in the lineup has to be Jose Torres right now with the clutch factor he's brought throughout the postseason. Um, obviously, everybody knows the home run he hit off of Cops to give them the win in game three. But he had a couple home runs, um, including some that kind of fell to the wayside in that 21 run game in game one. So Torres, with the way he's playing, the bat I would be the most concerned about if I'm Stanford. Yeah, for sure. Another note, another note for Stanford, um, Alex Williams going in game two. Their bullpen only threw two and two thirds innings in the Super Regional. But if they lose either of those first two games with their aces, they're going to be having to go pen games, games three and four. And against Vandy and Arizona, pen games are not going to do too well because Vandy obviously has the top two, but they also have two pretty good freshmen. Arizona has the most potent bats in all of Omaha. So Stanford needs to win those first two games. Yes, especially when you look at the D1 baseball previews and they only give the bullpen of Stanford a 45 overall. Um, that's on the 80 grade scale, but uh Zach Greck has been their guy as the closer, but after him, it does get a little thin. So definitely a concern for them. Yeah, and for NC State, I think Torres is definitely the difference maker uh, for them in that lineup. But Reed Johnson going, pitching anywhere, like five five to six innings, I think would be a great start for him. In Stanford, they're not known for their pitching, um, and they can obviously get away with a few miscues, but they need Torres to be – hitting bombs and which is gonna to be tough to do because as we know omaha tj marriage park not a hitters friendly park at all so oh. going against if they say they win against stanford and say vandy wins against arizona which is probably we'll go into that one but they're going against jack lighter who has allowed a total of two uh non-home run extra base hits both doubles this season along with 12 home runs um so he's probably going to be unhittable yeah, I'm sure he'll be locked in. Um, yeah, let's get into the Vanderbilt matchup. Um, Vanderbilt and Arizona, um, two of the teams that have been very popular picks for in all of these Omaha previews. So we could see the winner come out of this matchup. Um, let's, but yeah, as you said, Kumar and Leiter coming in on extra rest against a potent Arizona lineup. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I mean, the last time we saw Kumar in Omaha, he won most outstanding player of the tournament. Yeah. So we've never even seen Lighter in Omaha. And looking at these, the past two postseason starts for both of them, they look to be in 
perfect form. Leiter has been lights out since his uh, weekend off uh, late in the season, I think second to last weekend. Yep. And Kumar has looked like Kumar of late for sure. They've both turned it on exactly when they need to. Um, so, yeah, we had talked about at the time that week of rest, what sort of effect it would have for him. Turns out it was the greatest idea ever because he's absolutely locked in. Yeah, and what else can Coach Corbin draw up for this team? I mean, he's already one of the most impressive coaches ever, bringing this Fandy team from the bottom in 2003 to uh, five postseasons in 11 years since then. Um, he has a second breakout pitcher in Jack Leiter, who obviously – this is really his first season because last year was shortened. Yeah. Um, what he did with Kumar his first season, incredible stuff. He has one of the best lineups uh, that doesn't get talked about enough with the best leadoff hitter uh, in college baseball, Enrique Bradfield Jr., also the fastest man alive, apparently. Uh, a three-hole hitter in Dom Keegan, Massachusetts guy. Um, just he mashes the ball everywhere. And then Isaiah Thomas, the four-hitter, and C.J. Rodriguez, the six-hitter, they don't get enough credit. Uh, Rodriguez, obviously, the catalyst to those the pitching staff would be in the catcher. But Thomas has been an awesome four-hole hitter for Vandy. Yeah, no, they've been amazing. Um, really, and you have to factor in Young as well, coming back and playing the way he has. Um, people kind of sleep on this lineup a little bit because everybody talks about the pitching. Like, well, Vandy's just going to pitch you to death. This lineup's pretty damn good, too. And uh, Nolan and Jason Gonzalez kind of hiding in the bottom of the order. They can get you as well. Yeah, and you bring up Gonzalez and Nolan. Um, I, I'm hearing Tate Colwick might be back healthy, so that would move Nolan back to third, and Gonzalez would be off the bench. So you think about a guy who can start in Vandy's lineup in Gonzalez. He's going to be coming off the bench potentially in Omaha. Maybe this lineup does not get talked about enough. No. And, I mean, when people do talk about the lineup, it's just, oh, yeah, Bradfield's fast. Bradfield's fast. Carter Young hits bombs. Keegan's good. And, um, Beyond the Diamond is the official podcast of raising awareness for, oh, yeah, the Vandy lineup is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about Young coming back. He's finally back in his two-hole. Um, he seems to be hitting the ball hard again. And for a guy that relied on homers, you wonder how he's going to do in TD Ameritrade, but I think he'll be just fine hitting between uh, probably the best one-hole and three-hole hitter in college baseball. Yeah. And then on the other side, good news for Arizona is they got a lineup that can stack up as well. I would I would call them the best in college baseball. They proved throughout the year. Um, they're not going to rely on the long ball a ton. So that will definitely benefit them in Omaha when they just got to get those that contact and ball isn't going to be flying everywhere. Although who knows these days, but the ball probably won't be flying as it did in all of these hot super regional sites. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, they run, they were just all over the Pac-12 pitching this year. As we mentioned, Stanford had two aces. They, that, that didn't matter to them. Um, against Ole Miss, I believe they scored 28 runs over three games, which is just a ridiculous number. Yeah. Um, and that lineup is just scary good, especially because they just go gap to gap. They don't care about putting it over the fence. Exactly, yeah. They got the second best on base in the country, fourth best average. Most doubles, triples, and hits in the nation. Um, seventh in slugging as well. That's not too shabby. Um, 
there are some power threats for sure, though. Uh, Jacob Berry's got 17. Daniel Susak is 12. Ryan Holgate with 10. Dante Williams with 8. Tony Bullard with 7. There's no easy out in this lineup. Um, so you really got to be careful pitching there. And Randy's got the guys to pitch careful, but it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, you talk about Susak and Barry, um, obviously two freshmen. Um, they could have runs like we've seen other freshmen do in Omaha, especially because they have the power. So we know they can hit it out. I don't know if they can hit it out of TD Ameritrade. I assume they can. But they go gap to gap like every other hitter in that lineup. Arizona hitting, uh, hitting coach needs a raise for sure. Yeah. However, they are going to be put to the test early and often. Kumar Rocker in uh, two postseason starts so far, 14 and two-thirds inning, innings pitch, five hits, and no runs. That's coming off the legendary performance he had in 2019 as a freshman, obviously no hitting. Duke in the Super Regionals winning most outstanding player in the College World Series. And that brings his career ERA to a 1.59 in the postseason. That'll play. <laughs> I, I would say so. I mean – Arizona, they're going to have their hands full. Kumar Rocker, as we know, he's the name in this series, for sure, him and Leiter. But I feel like Arizona, they're proving something. They're from the West Coast. Not many people watch them this year unless they're on the West Coast. So they're out to win. Yeah. Um, their pitching, starting pitching, is also something. We've talked about how dangerous that bandy lineup is. Uh, Chase Sil Silseth, wow, I really have trouble pronouncing his name for some reason. I'm sorry, Chase. Um, he's coming in eight and one, but the five, five, four ERA does look a little ugly. His peripherals are definitely better because he's got 99 punch outs and just 91 innings. So he has the power stuff where if he's locked in, he can be dominant. Um, Garrett Irvin is coming in as the number two. Um, he was big in regionals, had a three hit shutout against UC Santa Barbara. And then it's kind of a toss up beyond that between Chandler Murphy and Dawson Nets where they want to go. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is they're getting two of their big bullpen arms back after being suspended in Super Regionals, which will be a big X factor for them. Those guys will be nice and fresh, uh, ready to get back at it. So pitching, I, you know, they got the big names, but you got to lean Vandy in this one. And the lineup's a toss-up at Lean, Arizona. So that's, that's my assessment of this, at least. Yeah, I think pitching, you definitely have to give to Vandy. I don't see how Rocker and Leiter will lose unless – because even when they're not on, they're only – like, Leiter was only giving up home runs. He wasn't giving up extra base hits. And in a park like this, I don't even – those are maybe going to be doubles. Maybe mm -hmm. not even hit. I don't know. It's going to be tough. The way to beat Rocker and Leiter, actually, is if, if their breaking pitches aren't on, they're going to walk a ton of batters. They're going to – Vandy Corbin has to go to the pen early. Whereas Arizona, they're used to going to their pen. Obviously, their top two arms are back. So that's – Definitely much more reliable. I'd give the pen to Arizona because we've seen them more. Lineup, I think it's the easy answer is to say Arizona just because they go gap to gap. They're dominant hitting-wise. I think Vandy is definitely underrated. I think in this matchup, it's probably Arizona just because we also haven't seen Van Vandy's hitting. They, I mean, they were shut down at Super Regionals. Yeah, and props to that East Carolina pitching staff. They were amazing, especially uh, Williams in the first game. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And I think the X factor for Bandy, not even just in this game, but the whole, um, all of Omaha, two pitchers, obvious choices, but I think the guy who's catching them, CJ Rodriguez, he's the catalyst for that offense and defense. 
I mean, we've seen all the videos going around of him just throwing out East Carolina yeah. runners by like 20 feet, like what Yachty used to do in his prime. Um, and all year, while he hasn't, he doesn't have high like average numbers and whatnot, but he's been driving the bottom of that lineup big time. And that's been under an underrated part of Andy's lineup for sure. It's just like Casey Opitz at Arkansas. His numbers aren't amazing. I think he had 259 on the year. But he brings so much value to that team, especially what he can do behind the plate, that it doesn't matter. He's one of the best catchers in the country, regardless of what he's doing at the plate. And he's clearly still dangerous at the plate. But it's what he does with the glove that really sets him apart. Yeah, and Leiter and Rocker both speak volumes about how they don't think they would be at where they are without him behind the plate catching them. So if you get the nod of maybe the top two draft prospect, draft picks in this year's draft, I'd say you're a pretty good catcher. Yeah, it says a lot. Absolutely. Um, and then for Arizona, Dante Williams. Um, in their final game against Ole Miss, you know, casual three for four, four runs scored, two walks, and an RBI. Um, Williams is going to have to set the tone early against Rocker for Arizona to have any shot. Yeah, he's a guy I'm confident in setting the tone. Um, and, yeah, you can catch up to Rocker's fastball. and. That's why Rocker's a guy I've comped to Max Scherzer before because it's like the fastball and can be overpowering, but four-seamer, you can sometimes square it up if you get around to it quickly. So maybe Williams does that and brings back some of that old magic. You know, and Derek Diamond threw like that as well. He's he's no Kumar Rocker, but he's a very good pitcher, and he did well against him. Yeah, Rocker, Rocker's fastball is pretty flat. It's just impossible to catch up with. So when you do yeah. connect, it's going a long way. Now, Arizona, especially because they, they're a big line drive team, they're just going to try to hit the left center field, right center field. Um, they're, gonna, they're just going for singles, doubles, just keep hitting. That's their motto. They're not trying to hit They'll bombs. They'll be the Central Michigan Chippewas and just bun them to death. They very well could do that. I mean, you got uh, Gonzalez at third for Vandy, who obviously hasn't played there most of the year. He's been on the bench for a lot of the year. But if he's there unless Nolan's back. If he's there, yeah. then, you know, I would bunt down third baseline. I don't think Keegan uh, is going to be get bunted on just because he's very athletic for a first baseman. But, yeah. Okay. I can't say it would be my go-to strategy, but if you want to try something, if you're, if you're having trouble against him, give it a whirl. Yeah, I'd say in the fifth inning, if you're, if you're hitless through the five, eh, it might not hurt. Give it a shot. Try to wake the boys up. We yeah. all know baseball's game of momentum. Get a guy on base, script can flip. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. Um, and we talked about Lighter going in game two, which uh, is definitely good for the Vandy pen. He's, they're going to need Lighter and Rocker to go deep because game three is going to be a bullpen game. Little and awesome. now, Little and Riley could have a Rocker like breakout. It's looked unlikely, though. Yeah, I would. I would probably say Little would get the ball with the stuff he possesses. Nothing against Riley, um, but you saw them lean towards Little more in the regionals when they needed that third starter. Um, but either way, you're probably going to see a lot of Maldonado and Murphy in that game three, should they get there, because those guys are their two closers. They're built up that they can get some length. So even four innings out of them would be a big boost. I think a dream scenario for Bandy would be Start either Murphy or Maldonado, have Little and Riley eat up the middle innings, and then have the other one close the game. 
Not a bad idea, yeah. A little opener action. I mean, opener college baseball is where the opener was pioneered. Yeah. If you can not say this is a raise idea. That was college no. baseball. No, it definitely was. Yeah, it was it a was Tim Corbin idea, too. Yeah. He was one of the first ones to do it. And you look where it got him. Two championships. Yeah. Would not be a bad strategy there. No, but a team that does have some pitching and I'd argue they have the best starting rotation in the country. Uh, Texas, they got three number ones on their staff. That'll play. That'll play. However, big big 12 pitch of the year, Ty Madden. Obviously, he's starting game one against Mississippi State. Um, he's going to have to face SEC player of the year, um, Tanner Allen, who, along with Logan Tanner, the catcher, and Rowdy Jordan were all part of the 2019 college road series team and this is their mississippi state's third time back so they're veterans of this texas uh it's their 37th appearance but they haven't been here in a little bit so i'm interested to see how this one's gonna go yeah they need to bring back a little augie greedo magic there but hey texas hitting coach was troy tulowitzki pretty good guy to have him on the bench i'd say so um, Peak but yeah, good player their bats have improved over the year um, Mike Antico is a big guy at the top of that lineup who's heated up. Um, his average was like below 200 at one point, and he's gotten it all the way back up to 270. Um, 39 steals, though. That's that's the biggest thing with him. He's got some home run pop, too. Um, Williams and Zubia are also guys that you have to be afraid of. Texas lineup is dangerous. That's why they're the number two team in the country, but it's really their pitching that sets them apart. Yeah. Um... And I like to say uh, Texas Mississippi State was the opening day matchup, and Mississippi State put four runs up on Madden and won eight three. So I'd like to think Madden's a lot better since then, but yeah, you never know in postseason play how it's going to play out. And Mississippi State's a team that just beat a very very good opponent in Notre Dame, handedly too. Yeah, that was legit. Um, I will say they won't have Duty Noble fans there. Well, the entire stadium won't be Duty Noble. Yeah. Unfortunately. Plenty of influence. They yeah, won't of be course. playing at the dude. But if they have a lead going to the sixth inning, I'd say, sixth, seventh inning, they're handing the ball to Landon Sims, and oh, yeah. there's a good chance the game's over by then. Yep. Sims had that, was it four innings against Notre Dame? Went the sixth through the ninth. Um, yeah. Aside from the Nico moonshot, did quite well. Um, so, yeah, that, that bullpen is – it's all Landon Sims. But they got some other good arms, too. Uh, Chase Patrick, Cade Smith, Stone Simmons, Preston Johnson. But, obviously, Sims is the guy that steals the spotlight because he's – I don't want to say Kevin Copps light, but Kevin Copps is the clear number yes, one. Yes. I'd put him as the number two. Kevin Copps ask. Yes, there we go. Um, but Mississippi State does have the glaring hole um, on their team. They don't have a number one, really. Like, they have um, they have Will Bendar. But, and he's shown incredible stuff. He's shown potential being their ace at times. However, he's not consistent whatsoever, and that's going to spell trouble. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with Christian McCloyd. He's, he's got the talent. He's got the stuff but sometimes he's just got to figure out how to put it together. So the best thing for Mississippi State would be 
that burn burner offense game that they can just keep scoring in because Allen and Jordan, Logan Tanner as well. Those guys are really, really good. That's a strong lineup. Um, and they've done better in this postseason than Texas has so far. Yeah, Texas yeah. hasn't really been tested. I mean, I know I've talked to some of the Fairfield guys and they weren't impressed with Texas's lineup, mostly because they couldn't throw strikes. But Texas pitching is legit. We know that. So they definitely have the edge. They have the edge over, over probably everyone. Maybe not Vandy, but they do have the third legit third starter. Um, yeah. Mississippi State, I think, has the lineup. They got the more. They got the three guys from the uh, College World Series team in 2019. So experience, we know, plays this. Like, unless you're Kumar Rocker as a freshman, you're not usually going far if you're, like, a mostly freshman team. Um, but I'd like to talk about um, that barn burning game you're talking about. If, if it becomes a high-scoring game and they get Ty Madden out, out before, like, the fifth inning, that spells big trouble for Texas. That is very good news for Mississippi State. But, yeah, yeah. Not, not what Texas wants. No, and that's not to say Texas bullpen sucks. They don't. They're a good bullpen. But Mississippi State might have the best bullpen in the country. Yeah. I mean, every team has their way they can be beat. You just saw with Arkansas. So, yeah. this same thing can happen to Texas. Yeah, and so that's why I think the X factor for Texas in this game and probably the entire uh, time, sorry, the entire time is time added. Um, and it's for good reason. He had a, he was big 12 pitcher of the year. He allowed one run across 12 and two thirds inning pitch in the postseason. He has a 2.41 ERA this season. But like we said, this Mississippi State lineup, it's a test. He hasn't faced something like this yet. The Texas Tech lineup, they're legit. But this is SEC hitting we're talking about. A whole different ballgame. Mm -hmm. And I would love to praise the Texas Tech lineup, but that's how it happened in the regionals. So. I'm yeah. not going to do that well anymore. Yeah, no. And I mean, we saw what Mississippi State did opening day to Madden. So the, this is a revenge game sort of for him. So he's got to prove himself again. They don't – if I'm Mississippi State, I'm going in saying, well, this guy can't can't beat us. We just – we put four on him last time. We yeah, we got the book on him. Yeah, we know, we know what he's going to do. So if I'm Madden, I'm coming in with a chip on my shoulder thinking, oh, they don't think I'm good enough. Well, I'm going to show them. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to – Make it so fun to watch. Uh, Mississippi State, you pinned Logan Tanner as the X factor for them. Care to explain that? One? I mean, obviously, I know. I don't know why, but. Yeah, so, I mean, personally, like, obviously, Tanner Allen, big uh, SEC player of the year. Obvious choice. Rowdy Jordan, he's an obvious choice, too. But I think the guy from that College Row Series team that's going to be the X factor, like what Vandy has, is their catcher, Logan Tanner. I think, I mean, he was red hot in that Notre Dame series. I think he hit a home run in every single game, maybe two in the last game. He's just on fire. And all of their pitchers have said they feel he he makes them feel comfortable. Sims said he calmed him down after that Nico home run, which we, we think still was hasn't landed, but that's beside the point. Um confirm that. Uh, <laughs> so there's a good chance that if any of the state – uh, pitchers get hit around a little bit he's coming out to the mound he's gonna be like all right listen take a deep breath just calm down a little bit we'll slow the game down a little bit he's a good tempo controller and I think at the plate and defensively that's key for that team to make a run I love that you pinned the catchers as these last two guys because it doesn't get talked about enough how important that position is all the analytics that gets done 
honestly, it all comes through the catcher because he's the one sitting there giving the signs, trying to figure out what's the best thing to go to. The catcher drives the pitching staff, and he can also help out on offense, as you saw with his bat in Notre Dame. So, yeah, I could not agree more, and Tanner will be huge for them, as he has been all season. I completely agree. So one more matchup here. It is Tennessee and Virginia. Um, it's a team that relies on the long ball in Tennessee and a team that, you know, is used to being a little bit of a Cinderella. So let's get into this one. Um, Tennessee probably won't be hitting as many home runs as they did in Knoxville with that crazy fan atmosphere, number one. But number two, it was warm and the ball was flying everywhere in the Super Regionals. And that park is tiny. Yes. Um, and UVA, good shot they lose the game because, I mean, they've won six straight elimination games. Let's just lose the first one and then we'll keep winning. So why not? If it works for them, don't knock it. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I see a lot of comparisons between this UVA team and the one in 2015, which was a bubble regional team, and then went on to uh, just keep winning and keep winning and keep winning. And who knows? Maybe they go on and face Vanderbilt in the call, the championship game, and it's a uh, rivalry six years in the making. That would be quite the scene. That would be. Um, yeah, this Virginia team, they are tough. You know, saw them up close and personal with UConn starting the season against them. Andrew Abbott leading up that rotation will be huge. Um, the lefties got some premium stuff. He was up to 94 at one point this season. Got that wipeout curveball too. Um, and the changer plays well against righties. So they're really going to need him to be dominant in this series. Granted, their bullpen is fresh because shock wasn't used at all in supers. But it's going to be vital for them to get a good start from Abbott to set the tone. Um, McGarry did amazing in his super regional start, but has still been a question mark on the whole this season. And I don't still not sure why Vassal didn't get the ball in the start, as opposed to just coming out of the pen, uh, Nate Savino might instead, but their rotation got all the potential in the world, but who knows what you're going to get. Yeah, I think McGarry's definitely the question mark. I still think Vassal is the second best pitcher on that team, but I agree. So if all three of them are on fire, Abbott, as we know, hasn't had that great of a postseason, four runs in each of his two starts. However, I mean, he was coming off one of the best starts of his career um, in the ACC tournament against Notre Dame in that potent lineup. Yeah. And I see a lot of similarities between this Tennessee lineup and that Notre Dame lineup. Both, they hit the long ball, for sure. They both, they have a lot of power guys, and they don't, they don't hit for average as much as like an Arizona team would. So if Abbott can quiet their bats down, which you would think would be easier playing in a bigger ballpark, that's going to spell trouble for Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and if he can't, they'll be quick to turn to that bullpen because they've not been afraid to all season. Uh, Blake Bales has gotten in 25 games. Kyle Witten and Zach Messenger have also been guys they've leaned on a lot. Um, but Matt Wyatt, another one. He was pitched really well the last two weekends. Um, and we'll see. Maybe they use Vassal out of the pen again. It worked. Yeah, for I mean, they, they won. So yeah, they got a great pen. They got a great pen. Why? I mean, why not add to it? I guess you can. If you use Vassal out of the pen for two innings every day, I mean, it's technically better than a starter, I guess. 
I guess so. I mean, do what the Red Sox did with Nathan Navaldi in the 2018 World Series. Granted, they didn't think he was going to have to throw, you know, 900 pitches, pitches in that 18 inning game, but sort of that script. You take a guy with premier stuff, say, okay, he can be valuable in these short stints every day. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, I guess it's it could work. I still think Abbott is the key factor because Virginia's lineup is pretty good. I mean, they got they got a good one through four. Um, then they got the bottom lineup with the other Geloff and whatnot. I think Tennessee definitely has the better lineup. In game one, pitching's probably easy, even unless Abbott has one of his strong starts. Otherwise, it's an even pitching matchup. Um, so I'd probably lean Tennessee, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, there's it's a it's still a dangerous lineup for Virginia. Not even their numbers. There are some guys that don't look amazing, but they're all very clutch and they came through. Different guys have come through at different times this season. Like Chris Newell, he's only at 239, I think it is, but he had a huge home run in the regionals. Or Kyle Teal had that grand slam in the supers. Uh, Zach Geloff and Devin Ortiz, guys to definitely be afraid of. Nick Kent can steal some bags. But, yeah, I I agree with what you're saying there. Um, I might give it to Tennessee with the likes of Gilbert, Beck, Ferguson, Lipkiss, and Russell. That's going to be tough to stop. Yeah, I think uh, the other one you forgot with Virginia was Jack Geloff. He had two home runs the entire regular season, and he has three in the postseason so far. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, he's anchoring that bottom lineup, the bottom of the lineup in the seven hole, I believe. Um, the Geloff brothers, I mean, they're dangerous for sure. Ortiz, I think, is the lineup X factor just because he's one of the veteran guys. Teal is a freshman, he's legit, but Ortiz has come up in those clutch situations more often than not. And yeah. he's another guy we got to look for, out for on the mound. That's true. Got a little of that Reggie Crawford in him where he can dominate at the plate, and then, oh, yeah. Hop on the mound, throw it right by it. Yeah. Great to watch. But it's an X factor for sure when you have a guy like that that the other team might not expect to see, and then you see him starting to throw in between innings. It's like, oh, boy. Get your RT scouting report ready. Yeah. Um, and then difference maker you had for Tennessee, Blake Tidwell. Yeah, Chad Dallas is, I feel like you know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, matching up against Abbott in that first game. He's a stud. 93 to 95 heater. Really nice cutter and slurp as well. And does not walk people. 19 walks as opposed to 118 Ks. But yeah, Tidwell's a guy on the younger side. Um, probably pitching number two. Last time out, he got length against LSU, but he did give up six runs. They were all earned. So they're really going to need Tidwell to pitch well here. Um, he certainly has had success this season. Um, 357 ERA, 10-3 and three record in 17 appearances. But they're going to need, just like I've talked about before with Alabama, he went six innings, five punch-outs against Alabama on May 28th. An outing like that would be huge for Tennessee. Um, but that number two starter, really, there are some unknowns on the pitching side in this series. So we'll see what uh, Tony Vitello does with his bullpen if he can't get deep. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, Patello has plethora of talent for the first time Tennessee's making it since 2005. And I, I want to see how he uses it. I think they have all the potential in the world. I just don't know if they can come through in the clutch. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the exciting thing about college baseball. A lot of these guys haven't even had the opportunity to. So now the spotlight is brighter than ever and see what you're made of. Yeah, I completely agree. Now should we get into our picks? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's see what you got. All right, so for uh, bracket one, which is the Stanford-NC State-Vandy Arizona bracket, I'm thinking Stanford over NC State. Brendan Beck, I just I can't bet against him after what he did to Texas Tech's lineup. Um, and then Vandy over Arizona, Kumar Rocker in postseason. Something like else to say. Yeah. Um, then in the losers bracket, Arizona over NC State. I think Arizona bounces back in a big way. Their lineup will be frustrated after being shut down so much. Um, and then Vandy. I mean, I know Williams, great start, but it's Jack Leiter. The name carries some value, but he also has been lights out and in a uh, pitcher's friendly park. I don't see him giving up that much. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then in the last, I guess it's the last day technically, but the last two games, uh, Arizona over Stanford. Stanford, we know, doesn't have that third starter. Arizona doesn't really have any starters, but um, but they do have the bats, and I think that's gonna put, that's gonna be a high scoring game. I don't. I think Arizona's going to win it just because they have more talent on the offensive end, but it very well could go either way in like a 10-9 game. You know, I hate to be this guy, but I have the same picks as you in this bracket. I'm taking Stanford over NC State just because I really think Beck's going to show up in that game. Um, Nothing against NC State, clearly. They just beat Kevin Copps. But I believe that Stanford possesses more to take care of business there. and Vanderbilt over Arizona for all the reasons you said. You're getting postseason Kamar Rocker locked in. Um, certainly nothing against Arizona, but I think the pitching will take care of business there for Vandy. Then the second round, however you want to call it, yeah, this is it's not your traditional bracket here um, with the losers brackets and such. But Arizona over NC State going to be the end of the line. Arizona will not be happy about how things went against Vanderbilt, so they will bounce back. Vanderbilt's going to take care of business against Stanford. I can foresee an awesome pitching pitcher's duel between Leiter and Williams, but I think Leiter ultimately prevails in that spot. Got Arizona sending Stanford home. Um, Once again, their bats are going to show up. Stanford's three starter. Don't know what you're going to get there. And uh, Vanderbilt ultimately takes care of business. All hands on deck. And their pitching once again prevails over Arizona. Yeah, I think in that final game, it it's going to be a four-man rotation for Vandy with uh, Maldonado, Murphy, Riley, and Little. I, I think we could see very well all four of those guys pitch in that game. They're going to go – Corbin's going to go all in on every arm he has available except for Rocker and Leiter. Yeah, I could not agree more. And who knows, but, yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. Yeah, I agree. All right, you want to give your picks for the bracket too? Let's do it. Starting off – I'm going to have a little bit of a surprise here, but Mississippi State is going to defeat Texas um, in that first game. Mississippi State's lineup is dangerous with what they did against Notre Dame. So even if where they're pitching might be a little thin, I'm a big believer in what they can do. Um, I think they win that barn burner game we talked about because I think that they will get to Madden a little bit. Even if they get to him, just knock him out of the game early, drive that pitch count up, and then they're in good shape. Um, round the other game, I got Tennessee over Virginia. Um, 
Abbott will pitch well, but it won't be enough because Tennessee will ultimately prevail. They'll, they'll find a way to get some balls out of TD Ameritrade. Um, round two, uh, Virginia, big surprise here, is going to come back and knock out Texas. Virginia is a scrappy team. I really like what they can do. I don't, I don't want to disrespect Texas. I'm giving them bulletin board material here. But this is more how I feel about Virginia than anything else. I, they're not a team that's going to go out easy. So I think they pull off the upset and send Texas packing. And then the winner's bracket, Tennessee, will take care of business against Mississippi State. Um, they'll be riding high after their win over Texas. But Tennessee will uh, be the stronger team in that game. As we move on, I got Mississippi State over Virginia. Uh, Virginia battles, but Mississippi State ultimately prevails. Then we come down to the final game here, and Tennessee takes care of business against Mississippi State. Uh, they all, all hands on deck with pitching. Sims gets a little tired because he's been used heavily, and Tennessee's lineup takes care of business. That's what I got. How about you? All right. So I don't see how Madden's going to – it's a revenge game for him. I think he's going to take care handle State's lineup. Um, as much as I love Mississippi State's lineup. Uh, on the other hand, I think UVA, just like you said, they're scrappy. I Even though Tennessee had that one one comeback win, I just – I don't think they've faced a team like Virginia yet. They, that's a – you see LSU, they were a little scrappy, but they were – they weren't like what Virginia is scrappy. Virginia just claws back no matter how much they're down. And then you have their closer, Skosh, and he's just the best man ever. But – so if they have any type of lead, he's coming in. He might give up a run, but then Virginia will score another run, and it'll be all better. That's how that team works. Yeah. So that's why I have them over Tennessee. So then in the winner's bracket, uh, I think Texas. I mean, they're number two against UVA. Virginia, now I will preface this with, if Vassal goes for Virginia, I think this very well could go Virginia's way. Because that's what I had in mind as well. But I think I lean Texas because we don't know the situation with what Vassal is doing with how Virginia is going to pitch. And then in the loser's bracket, Mississippi State over Tennessee. There's nothing against Tennessee. I just think Mississippi State, they're, they're going to get blown out in the first game, so they're not going to use Sims. They're going to use Ryan Sims for five innings against Tennessee and win behind the bats of Logan Tanner and Tanner Allen. That's what I – behind the Tanners, I like to say. So yeah. then in the loser bracket, I think Virginia, Sims is going to be tired. He's thrown five innings the day before. Virginia, they're not going to have used much of their pen against Texas if Vassal's not going because – or if Vassal is going. So I think they're, they're all hands on deck. Devin Ortiz is going to get the game-winning hit, I think. Home, okay. Not necessarily a home run. It's going to be a double or a home run. It's going to be like off the top of the wall where it could go both ways and they have to review it. Um, that brings in Geloff. Um, both of them actually. That brings in both Geloffs. Don't I don't know how, but it does. Okay. Um, I haven't figured out how that works, but um, and then I have Texas no, I over Virginia. Eventually, the magic runs out. It's not 2015. This is 2021. Different ball game. Texas, they have that third starter. And from what I've heard from the Fairfield guys, that third starter is legit. He was carving them up. Now Fairfield's no Virginia, but. They, when you have three starters, and it's not like Vandy's three starters where they have like four guys going in the third game, they have one guy who can they can ride, and they mm -hmm. have a guy who they can ride in the first game and the second game, 
so now the third game. So their bullpen's fully rested too. And I just think Virginia, similar to how they were um, in the Super Regionals where it looked like they were down and out and then they got the Grand Slam. I don't think they get the Grand Slam this time though. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that same thing as you are. I don't, I don't know if they have enough magic in the tank. If they do, it would be real fun to watch. But ultimately, I think the stronger team could prevail there. Yeah, and if they do have enough magic, I'd love to see a Virginia-Vanderbilt rematch six years in the making. But I instead think um, Vandy over Texas and two, clean sweep. I don't see how Rocker and Leiter lose at all this year in the postseason. They're just too good. There's a reason they're two of the top four prospects in the country. Yeah, I also went with the Vanderbilt sweep in two games, except over Tennessee in my bracket. Um, I love you, Tennessee, but exactly. Those two pitchers are just going to be overwhelming. Yeah, and my reason for the sweep is in game two, even if Texas is like close game, they're not going to pitch their third starter because if they win, they have to go to a game three and they need him for game three. Whereas Vandy, yeah, I think they might because you just got to get there first and then in the game three, anything can happen. But you do make a good point there. Well, I think they, they trust their bullpen enough. But at the same time, Vandy has the two M's, Murphy and Maldonado, and mm-hmm. they can go back-to-back days like no one's business. So I think they go. Lighter goes seven, and then they pitch the final three. Yeah, for me, I'm thinking in my matchup with Tennessee, Tennessee is going to be trying to get that home run power not going to be as easy as it looks in TD Ameritrade. They'll get get one here and there, maybe solo shot, but Vanderbilt will prevail. And unlike, and if I'm going based on yours, unlike how Drew Gilbert got the biggest hit of his life against Wright State, he swings for the fences every time. I think he's just going to, he's going to have a tough, tough College World Series swinging for the fences with the fences being so far. Yeah, he might end, he might end up with one or two, but might not be the best baseball has ever played if that keeps up. Yeah. And I would like to say, like you said in the Vanderbilt-Arizona game, I think the winner of the College World Series comes from that. I think if Arizona ends up beating Vanderbilt in the uh, final game of that bracket, uh, then Arizona probably beats Texas. But it could go. it would be a much closer game. Yeah. I, I love that pick as well. I do – big believer in what Arizona can do. Um, I ultimately think Vanderbilt will prevail over them, but if they find a way to get it done, watch out because that's yeah. a special team. Yeah, anything can go in that game three, especially because Arizona goes into the game three knowing they don't have a third starter, whereas Vanderbilt is relying on two freshmen and two closers to get them through. Very well could work. However, that Arizona lineup is so good that I don't know if it can. Yeah. We'll have to see. Maybe they get desperate and they're running Kamar back out there. You might see some scouts cringing, like, please don't get this guy hurt. Yeah, I, I hope that doesn't happen because I don't think Corbin would do that too. I think he cares more about this guy's future. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know. Maybe pulls pulls a you know Walker Bueller off from the bench. Somehow he's there. Yeah. David Price, lefty lefty. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and then Rad Bueller. Yeah. Imagine a College World Series alumni. That'd be amazing. Then Rote would win. No, actually, Texas probably would. 
I don't I'll know. take my chances with either. I don't know who. Stanford has some good guys too. I don't know. It would be good. It would be interesting. Yeah. See? Hey, UConn's got get, some good guys too. We give you good baseball analysis, but also some hot marketing ideas on top of it. Great marketing ideas. Marketing geniuses over here. Yes. Call us if you need anything. Speaking of marketing geniuses, you can find more of that at Beyond the Diet Pod on Twitter and Beyond the Diamond Podcast on Instagram. Be sure to give us a follow there if you haven't already. Yeah, we post graphics when the episodes go up. Post some memes too occasionally. Twitter will give us give you our thoughts because you know it's Twitter. No one cares. Uh, Twitter, we get the insight. Instagram, we get Colby's strong meme game. Yes. Exactly. Updates of when new episodes hit in the airwaves. Yeah. Sometimes I'll give you insight on Instagram, but usually it's memes. Big yeah. meme guy. We love memes. Graphics still, of course. Could be a graphic guy. Yes. He's been coming up clutch with those pretty sick graphics you've seen the maybe, last few weeks. Hey, maybe sometime this summer we'll have a uh, jersey design contest to design some new Yukon uniforms to send to them. That sounds fun. Who doesn't like jersey design? You'll send it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, guys. I got nothing else. Yeah, thanks for listening. Don't forget, College World Series starts tomorrow, 2 o'clock, NC State Stanford on ESPN. So do not miss checking that game out because you'll regret it if you don't. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be great. So that's what we'll be doing all weekend, checking out the College World Series. Thanks for listening. We hope you're doing the same. And don't forget to follow us on those socials. Thanks, guys.